0: And welcome to episode 13 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. The 13th episode, unlucky for some, but not unlucky for you, because we have a feast of treats in store for your listening pleasure. I'm your host, Michael McCall, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Steve Pander.
1: Hey guys, how's it going? And we
0: have a new guest this evening. Long-time fan, first-time caller, please welcome Stephen Lamoth. Thank you. Good to be here.
1: For those who don't know, he's also
0: known as Slammo. Sitting in the corner with his dunce's hat on is Zachary Meissenhamer. He might be joining us later. Tonight's podcast is a little bit different. We're recording it outside Thunderbird Stadium, so we're going to get some nice ambience. Birds tweeting, hot Chinese girls jogging. Lots of things. Everything that you'd expect up at UBC. But the reason we're doing this is we've just watched the Whitecaps PDL game between the under-23s and Seattle Sounders under-23s. Fantastic win for Vancouver. 4-2. Three goals from Bobby Duty. And a screamer, screamer screamer from Harry Lackham,
1: that was wow, assisted
0: by
2: Judy as well, yeah beautiful finish twenty two yards dead center, top corner
0: and this is going to tie nicely because we're doing residency week on a f t n this week, and we're going to talk to start with about the residency program now, Steve last year did his top twenty ones to watch, and we're we're doing it a little bit differently this year, we're doing a top ten with some others that's kind of just bubbling under. Now, we released numbers 6 to 10 yesterday, so Steve, do you want to give us a quick recap of those?
1: Sure. Uh, so we had a number 10, we had Sean Melvin, the goalkeeper for the U18 side. At 9, we had uh, a guy that was uh, was injured for part of the season, Keons Froze also moving up from... He started with U16s and went up to U18s. Uh, number 8, another player who moved back and forth, Jordan Haynes big part of the U-17 World Cup for Canada. I scored that fantastic. Yeah,
0: Haynes
2: that low? Yeah.
1: <laughs> we'll talk about that in a bit. You uh, could give your opinion uh, a second here. Uh,
2: I think you're crazy. Number I a fire too.
1: Number 7 is Yasin Essa, U-18 veteran. And number 6 was Marco Carducci, U-17 Player of the Year and the goalkeeper for the national team that was going to the World Cup.
0: I... I... Don't really agree with all those, and uh, I'm sure Stephen doesn't either. What's your thoughts on on number six to ten there? Six to ten. Well, I think
2: Haynes should be higher. I think the caps rate him higher for sure. I think he's uh, going to be playing PDL, and uh, they probably have higher hopes for him than that. I would say, and well, I think Mark the Carson reason why.
1: Well. The, 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 remember this. Is, the, and I, I want to do a little bit of a disclaimer. This is a snapshot of a combination of this year and potential. And you also take into account with Haynes is the fact that he moved back and forth. And that's the reason why he's not as high up. He wasn't able to get settled in with oh, a side. Okay. So that's essentially the reason why he's a little lower. Um, it's nothing to do with the talent. I think he is probably one of the more talented players on the team. Um, he's got the, that kind of Ben Fisk quality to him. Yeah. So I, I think he so has, he's never
0: going to get an MLS contract.
1: Uh, Whatever you want to take that, that's fine. <laughs> Zach just shook his head. Yeah, but he now- doesn't realize that this is a podcast.
0: We're now joined by, by Zachary Meissenhamer, part of Curva Collective. Remember, not the Curva Collective, just Curva Collective. And you can often see him in the south south end waving his shoes about. <laughs> For real. So anyway, back back to number six to ten there.
1: Now uh Sean Melvin, uh we, we talked about him. the only reason he just I think Carducci has, has got maybe a little bit more higher potential. You you see if you can talk about that. I think he's still working back from an injury as well, that horrific injury he had the year before. So I think he's still trying to establish himself more. Uh, Froze, I think he, same thing, went from U16 to U18, wasn't able to to establish himself. So again, and he had that injury. uh, I think they were playing the FC Edmonton Reserve side or something of like their residency guys and he got injured in there and he missed out on the World Cup qualifying as well.
2: Yeah, he's a monster too though, I think he should be uh, yeah, well, you know, it's your list and uh, like you said it's But once you find out who's things, the five but, then it's okay. going to be
1: hard to find out who you're going to drop out of that top five as yeah, well, right? Yeah, fair enough. So any other thoughts, Michael?
0: So Marco Carducci, he's a player that I, I definitely think is going to have a good career. We've, we've talked about it before off air that it's hard to tell with goalkeepers. You don't know how well they're going to develop. Sean Fleming said said that when when we chatted to him as well. It's going to be more in the later years. And the, the Whitecaps they've had so many good goalkeepers recently. Yeah. You've had Callum Irvin and you've got Sean Melvin and now Marco. And it, it's a it's going to be a tough position for them to break into because you've only got that one position on the field. Well, I
2: think they're creating a culture of it, and I think they're all going to push each other, and I think out of this grouping at some point you're gonna see like a really i remember the first time watching nolan worth and thinking look how good this kid is right yeah. and, and he's then kind of lost, just, he's been lost in the shuffle yeah. a little bit, so yeah. these guys are all pushing each other and i just think out of this group of you know melvin carducci and throw callum in there as well that one of them is just going to turn into the national team keeper and, at, or and, simon and then you the, know?
1: and then people don't even know about this kid he just showed up this year late in the season from ottawa um I'm almost going to probably forget his name Eric Alward I think his name was uh, yeah. from Ottawa Fury and they say he's actually very good too and he's already like at 15 or 14 years old he's already 62 or 63 years tall so he's going he's going to be another guy that's down the pipeline that's going to yeah. be good yeah
2: and you got to think that uh Regan has got to be doing something to you know I mean I don't know what it is I mean but the, just the level of all these keepers is so high, and he's got to be pushing them and creating this culture where it's just a culture of greatness, right?
3: We've had we've had quality keeper coaches. I think going back to even like Toshak is Mike yeah. Toshak's time yeah. here. <clears throat> Mike Salmon, who left Mike, Arsenal yeah, yeah. to come here for a quality of living and to continue in football, um, who unfortunately now is not in football, and then of course uh, Mary Robda, and then yeah, Regan's been here. I think for yeah. for quite a while. So yeah, you're you're right. The culture is there with uh, quality investment from quality coaches.
0: Yeah. Now before we look at the the guys that's made the top five, we're not going to reveal the positions because that's going to be on AFTN's blog on Thursday. That's oh, going to be. On...
2: I wasn't supposed to tweet that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it might even be Saturday I'm kind of getting lost there's so much stuff coming up with residency week but let's just have a, a quick quick review of the season obviously the 16s have struggled a bit the 18s have made the, the playoffs again they're there just now how would you sum up the season what do you take from it what players that you've seen especially ones that's leaving do you think are maybe going to go on to, to bigger and brighter things well I think with the
2: U16s it's hard to say that they struggled because it's what are you looking for right and I think they've been developing some youth I think David Norman is such a sleek, sleek player, right? And watching him and seeing him, like he was 13 when he started out playing. Oh, junior, talking about? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Davy Senior was pretty sleek when he was uh, younger, I guess too. But I didn't get the opportunity to see him as a 13-year-old. That's for sure. But uh, with Davy Junior, you know, I mean, he's just watching him take free kicks and stuff like that and his understanding of the game and knowing what he wants to do, it's fun to watch. I like his
0: tackling as well. He's fully committed to tackles and I... I love that, that that tackle versus Chivas yeah. right in front of, right in front I, of I us I can still picture yeah. it because it was right in front of us and he just he just leapt in it was fantastic
1: was yeah brilliant.
2: so in that sense I'd say the U16 has been
1: well the U16 yeah. started off with a, a, actually started out strongly because they had a lot of those younger yeah. guys like right. Bustos started with the team yeah. Haynes Froze, all those guys started and then when Gordon Forrest came in he wanted to challenge those guys more he brought those guys up and then they inserted a lot of U14s like um, um, Norman like uh, Thomas Gardner, yeah. those mm. guys into that lineup. And uh, if you ever watch their their, their their games, you would notice that they struggled a lot in the midfield where the, a lot of those U14s were. And they, yeah. could, they were, didn't have the finishing uh, pedigree that, that, that they started getting a little bit at the end of the year when Dario Zanetta started playing striker, yeah. another guy who just missed the cut there at the top 10.
0: Now, talking of finishing pedigrees, Matthew Chow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a, he's a dogged a defender
1: Don't know where you're getting that from P- Pedigree, Chow. dog, oh. yeah. Okay, gotcha uh, Sorry that went over I'm well, on medication Chow. by the way so,
3: Yeah, so um, one Talking about Matthew Chow One of the great things this year Was to just see him Continue to develop His sh- ability to shoot from distance It seemed to get better and better More accurate, more accurate A few more goals obviously But yeah. th- that was a great thing to and, see
1: And it was cool to see That the U17 uh, During the U17 tournament That he actually mm-hmm. impressed Some of the guys out east and some of the old guys out eat, like Ben Redcroft, were actually asking who this guy was and what it was all about him. So it's very cool that he's turning heads and everything like that. Oh, yeah,
2: it was nice to see all the young guys in the both the U-17s and U-20s. I thought it was good to see a lot of guys out there and creating that kind of, uh, well, the whole all three academies. And I guess you throw in Edmonton as well, but all three MLS academies I think are doing a pretty solid job of developing young players.
3: Also not on your list uh, that I see there or that I heard you talk about there, um, is uh, Francesco? I love oh, that. Yeah. I love that Jeez. kid. Yeah, that he's
1: kid. he's still he's still a young kid. I think I, I didn't have too many U16s on the team. Yeah, uh, it was too hard to judge really what they were doing. And I I admit this year I didn't get to go to do too many U16s. It seemed like oh, I always yeah. had to go to work whenever the U16s were playing. Couldn't stay for both. But he's 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 had his moments. He's also because he's he's, he's the veteran, but he's still like a very young veteran. He yeah. struggled in some games as well. So. So he he did have, he had good moments, but he also had some very poor moments, and there were a couple games where he didn't, he didn't exactly, and that's going to come with kids like that age anyways. No,
3: and I agree agree with you, like, you know, when the whole team struggled and we were lacking some of our our midfielders who played up and stuff, maybe we noticed it more than other times, but... There's something about that. that, like, that
1: when as a when he played, when he played, when Bustos and everybody else was on the team, he really played well. Yeah. When he became got to, to take that step, he did struggle a little bit, and that's to be expected because he's a learning but process. But even
3: in him. some of those games, he, he still like that. That he scored that little header against Chivas that, that that game. I was I was so happy for you know he got finally got his his mop onto the, the end of that and he, put it in. Yeah, but he for him it's not just it's not just the the uh, just talent or skill or whatever. For me, he has. Like a, a will to win, he yeah, has like a, he brings does. something the that to, to the team, even when they didn't have all of the guys who could or should play for them, or whatever. Or they were playing younger guys. You bring in Tommy and and um, and uh, and David and whatever. He he still had the grit, even though I know his performances probably weren't always what he had hoped them to be. That's what I love about him is you could see his passion. But, but it, again, we're not talking. But
1: this list is again, we're not talking about potential fully. Yeah, we're talking about this year. Combined with potential, but since it so came there up, is a little bit difference. I
2: think with Francisco, it's about reining in, right? So you see that because he's all over the midfield. You watch a game and he's like everywhere, and you're like, "Whoa, right?" He's and as a as a part of a team, you want to rein that in mm-hmm. a bit, and that's easier to teach, right? Than teaching somebody the will to be everywhere, right? Yeah. That's hard to teach, right?
3: And, and and I think you're right, and that came. I think when you're playing with. Uh more developed players or older players more more experienced players yeah it was easier for him to do that or it was easier for him to find his own role yeah and not have to feel like he had to go everywhere exactly but, uh, I still yeah I, I lo- like I love watching that guy play football like yeah. he he to me is one of the standouts on the team, and, and Zanata too. I think another yeah. you guys. Well, mentioned. I
1: didn't have too many U16s on the team because, like I said, it was a rebuilding season almost for them, a transition year. Yeah. Uh, they they lost a lot of players. It was difficult to judge where they were all at, and, and I didn't want to. You know, U16s, it's a it, it's a very young age and everything. So, like I said, snapshot potential. They're obviously going to be moving up, and they'll be moving up next year as well.
3: Uh, Marco Carducci, is yeah, I agree with all the things you guys are saying in terms of the great upside, great potential yeah. and stuff. Um, incredible shot-stopper. I think one of our biggest challenges will, keep, will, will be keeping him from signing for Lazio.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: now, we're, we're talking about like pedigree
0: and goal-scoring pedigree, pedigree earlier, and Brody Hutima moved up from the under-16 level into the under-18s. Did y- not y- miss a beat. No, I mean, you, you wondered how he was going to do. He had done so well at every age range, but now he was moving up to, to the highest youth age range. How would he cope? 26 goals in 22 games, leading the USSDA as the, as the top goal scorer altogether. It's just an incredible feat, and it just shows the talent that we've got. And he's not even having his last year with the residency. He's going to go and play for Duke. Yeah. Yeah, the thing with Brody is to just
2: to keep the, uh, you know, the the excitement down right you don't want to do like jamie peters like you know you. i mean he's just yeah. so good right but you know jamie peters when he was 16 was a canadian soccer hero coming up right and so, you don't want to Caleb put that. Or, <laughs> well, not oh, really. I mean, Jamie was him. really up there, right? Yeah, yeah. And Brody has that kind of potential where yeah. he's just, you could see him being like playing
1: but, in the Man City, Man United. Yeah, one, I, I can't one, see him
0: playing for the White Cats. One thing
1: no. I want to say about Brody is the, the difference between Brody and you were mentioning Caleb Clark is that I feel like Brody has a bit of a more mean streak. Oh, he's fantastic. He wants to destroy defenders. Yeah, yeah.
3: He, uh,. The crazy thing for me was, yeah, his his uh, his output, but also that he did it despite having some injuries, injuries and missing yeah. some games, and uh, and the the side really felt it when he when he was oh, there. Yeah. Now, just before the
0: the residency guys headed off to Dallas, we caught up with Brody and also Spencer du Bois, and we did an interview with them about how the season's gone. Them looking forward to the playoffs and what lies in the future for them. With Brody going off to Duke and with Spencer going to SFU. Let's listen to that now. We're joined now by Brody Hotma and Spencer the Bois. Playing for the White Caps under 18s, and they're going to be heading off to the playoffs for the USSDA championships next week in Dallas. So, first thing to ask you both how are you looking forward to the playoff week that's coming up, Spencer?
4: Well, of course, it's very exciting. I mean, uh, we travelled there uh, last year, and it was a great experience for everyone, and I'm excited to get back at it.
5: Right? Yeah, I'm expecting a lot of the same as last year and I know even though uh, last year's results for the 16s were unfortunate and hopefully we can turn that around this year and the 16s age moving up to the 18s that were last year who had the success at the playoff round and hopefully we can build that and kind of put that together and build it into more success
0: Yeah, the, the 16s went out in heartbreaking fashion just on, on goal difference last year the experience that you got from that and playing in the heat and the travel down to Dallas last season, what can you take from that and kind of share your experiences with the rest of the guys in the camp that maybe hadn't done that before?
5: Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, the weather out there for sure gets a lot hotter. Uh, everybody kind of has to adapt to a different tactics because I know this year we're, we're a lot of high-pressure team and we kind of have to back off a little bit from that, but try try and just kind of stay the way we see we played all year and just kind of not too, not th- not think about the heat too much, and just kind of put that aside. And it'll be mostly a mental thing, I think, for everybody. And what what did you really take from from the experience that you had last year?
4: Um, definitely the heat was a was a large factor. I thought, but I I thought that we 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 fought through it well, and we we ended up getting to the final eight, which is which was a great positive for us and the club. You know, we didn't get the result we wanted in the final, but just the overall experience throughout the final eight was a was a great time for all of us.
0: So Spencer you've had a really good season with the 18s and you've also been playing PDL as well Now in the PDL I think you've got three goals in in the four appearances that you've had so far The last couple of months you've really seemed to come on form and you've just been banging the goals in And it's the best we've seen you play What do you you put that down to? Is it just you're you're getting older, a bit more confidence or, or what is it?
4: Yeah, definitely I agree with you with uh, the last few months I've been, I feel at the top of my game. I I think it's more of a a confidence factor for me. I feel like when I score more goals, my confidence is building and then it it helps the team around me as well, which I'm really pleased with.
0: Now, bro, you've had a great season as well, but you've also had the injury. Now, you've had 26 goals and 22 starts. I think it's something like a 1.2 goal per game average, which last year Caleb Clark was banging the goals in and you've actually got a better record than he had with the 18s. What do you put that down to for yourself? You've stepped up from the under-16s into the 18s. How did you find the step-up, and how do you think you've played this season?
5: Um, I think I think all the playing is... It really comes down to the team. I think the team's played well as a whole, and lots of the goals, if you look at every single goal I've scored this year, most of them are coming from a great team build-up, and it's just kind of a one-touch finish that uh, anybody could do, and I'm just kind of right there in that right spot. So I don't think it's so much an individual effort as as it is a team effort, and I think that's the main thing stepping up from the 16s it's the whole team has basically stepped up other than four players and i think those four four players really came in well with us that stepped up and it's just been a really good team effort uh, throughout the year
0: so both you guys are going to ncaa next year now Brody, you're you're going to duke um i know folk had talked before it was maybe going to stanford and then now duke's come along what are you hoping to take from that experience and what made you pick duke in the end
5: um, I think picking the school, I, when I went there uh, on a visit and just meeting the coaches and the players and the overall training atmosphere, it was, just, it was really good. It was a really good place to, that I saw myself developing over the next four years. And there's four-month four school, a month winter break, four-month school, and then a three-month summer break. So that three-month, the plan is now to come back here and, and train again with the club at uh, some level. Um, i just kind of take it from there, but I think that'll be the best option for me at this time and and hopefully that works out. And Spencer, you're you're staying local,
0: you're going to SFU. We do a lot of coverage on SFU and we're really looking forward to to seeing you play there. It's such a great programme. They got to the final four last year in Division 2 and in all intents and purposes they basically are a Division 1 school. Do you feel added pressure that Everyone's expecting now to take a further step and at least get to the final or, or win the championship. And and what are you hoping to get at the school? It's a great education, but what you're hoping to learn from the program and to do for yourself personally to improve your own skills?
4: Yeah, of course, SFU has always been a, a top top class school in in academics and also in the in the football program. And with with them coming second uh, last year, it's is definitely putting a lot of pressure on me to to maintain that that high standard that SFU have and. With Coach Kosh being there, he has such a professional standard I'm, and I'm ready to excel my game into SFU and, and, uh, and stay there for the next four years. It should be a good opportunity for me, I feel. You're
0: both. You're both really bright lads. How, how do you juggle doing the
4: school work with training so much and playing all these games? I mean, it must be really, really difficult. i with me. I'm just doing online classes right now. So I try to do as much as I can before and after training. So I just try to do the best I can, the most work I can during the day.
0: And Brody, according to the USSDA website, your GPA is 3.9, which to me is just phenomenal. How do you keep that going and and managing to play football at the same time?
5: Well, I think it all comes down to procrastination. It's When you get the work assigned, you do it right away. It makes it a lot easier. Um, Not waiting until the last minute to do the assignments. You start them right away. And and usually high school, they'll give you enough time to finish the assignments as long as you do start right away. So the quicker you get it done, the easier it's going to be and the better marks you're going to get
0: the Whitecaps, they, they like to get you guys going out into the community, visiting local schools and and basically just having an impact. How have you found that and just the whole thing with the under 18 programme, with all the travel going down to the state so much, how do you think that sets you up for a future career as a footballer?
5: Yeah, no, the travel's probably the, the biggest thing by far you have to do it international level, club level, anywhere when you're playing pro, so that's a huge setup. and like you said with the uh, community, I know Spencer's been out there uh, with the schools and stuff so that's it's I think it's really important to get involved with the communities and kind of get your names out there and because I know Whitecaps is growing massively as a club as it, as it is in BC and across North America so I think and then I think that all comes out of the community
4: yeah it's definitely a great moment when you when you visit the schools and uh, all the kids just show so much love to you it's just it's a great heartwarming feeling for you to feel like you're yeah, at the top level but it's 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 a great feeling for sure
0: so, obviously, you guys are going away to, to university now. What is your plans for the future? Do you hope to make it as professional footballers? Do you want to play for the Whitecaps? Would you be interested in going to Europe? Or are you just going to take it as it comes, Spencer?
4: Yeah, of course, uh, playing playing football at a young age, it's everyone's dream to, to become the, the best footballer they can be, whether it's MLS in in Europe or wherever it may take you. So, for me, I'm just going wherever it takes me. I'm not going to close any doors, just wherever my football skills can take me, really.
5: Yeah, I think I'm just going to just take it as it goes, You know, starting the playoffs right now in the, in the near future and then Duke in the fall and then see where the summer comes um, back here and, and we'll just see how the communication with, is with the club and obviously the dream of, or the hope of the residency program is to develop players into the first team so we'll see how that happens but like Spencer said, you don't close any doors and just kind of keep all your options open. Well, that's great, thanks so much for joining us guys. We'll be keeping our track tracking your process next year.
0: And have a great time in Dallas. Hopefully you you get into the finals week in July, and we'll we'll talk to you soon. Thanks very much.
5: No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now.
3: No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now.
0: So it was really good to to catch up with with Brodie and Spencer before they went. For for the rest of the guys, let's reveal who's going to be in our top five now. So, so Steve, who are the guys that's made the grade?
1: Well, uh, I'm going to give it in no particular order, uh, but obviously everybody knows who the top five are going to be. Um, So I'm just going to throw them out. Uh, Bustos. Marco. Bois. Spencer. Arakubi, Sam. Hutema. Brody. Farmer. Jackson. So that's the top five. Brody
2: up there. Top Pardon? Five? Brody's top.
0: Five? Brody's
1: yeah. in the top five.
0: Yeah. Controversial. <laughs> he he might only be ranked five though. maybe we don't know. So let's let's have a, a word about Big Sam. We we'd hope to catch up with him, but we kind of run out of time before they left. So we're we're going to do some interviews with him when he comes back from Dallas. Sam's definitely one for the future with with Alain Rashad going.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Part of me did think is the the bigger plan that they want to get get Sam on the MLS squad and. and just get him signed up now?
2: I think the thing with Big Sam is, uh, you know, I'm the opposite of you in that. I don't want him to sign too young. I don't want him to be one of those TFC rejects, right? Nothing against TFC. Or but anything, he, he
1: but. I, from what I've heard, is he has no interest in college.
2: No, which is fine, but you've got to do something, and you you want to keep them hungry a bit, right? And keep them fighting for that, and you don't want to throw them out there to fail, right? And you don't want them. I mean, they did a great job with Russell, though, right? So there's some. So I don't know. I'm contradicting myself. But now. the thing so is,
0: they, they can sign him and they can still yeah. play him in the in the 18s like they did with Caleb and Bryce. Next last year they
1: year. can. Yes, yeah, so he's still eligible yeah. for the yeah. 18s. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think that's important. I, I mean, I've heard Steve, you know, talk about this a lot. Like you know what what happened in in Toronto with especially Daniel Daniel, Daniel a, yeah. and especially Ashton as a left back yeah. and 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 as we saw Sam growing up uh, Steve has said multiple times I h- really hope we don't do the same with Sam because he is he's probably more gifted he's, yeah. he's more gifted than than Ashton when he was yeah when he was that yeah. age and yeah. there's so much potential there uh, I still love you Ashton yeah we, <laughs> we, we uh yeah, I, I really hope that that we uh, we can nurture him in the right way, and uh, it is hard kind of to say because yeah, I think every player is is unique, and what will be meaningful and will help them develop is I think unique. I think you know you mentioned you know some things worked with Russell well. I think I think a, a big part of that had to do with Russell's will. Yeah. You know, because there were a lot of difficult times. You know, we have other former players slash friends who didn't have that will and aren't here anymore and aren't really into football the way they, they could be yeah. or should be um, based on how they, you know, the pedigree they grew up with. And so Out I hope for... Street? Well, Yeah. Our good friend Phil, like, yeah. I, 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 that's one of the hard, the hard to get over. Someone who's so talented. I was talking to Randy uh, when he was in town and Randy said, Phil was the most talented player I ever played with. Two feet can cross, whatever. And so, anyways, with Sam, you have someone with great potential, a great left back, We've even seen him play a little bit of center back in in a pinch or whatever. Um, He's he's a bigger, taller guy. And, and yeah, he, he... He has so much potential. Yeah. So um, what, what
1: do you think the best th- thing is for him then? Is it to sign with MLS and get loaned out to a USL Pro or a cell team? They, does he go to FC Edmonton? Do they, do they want him there? Like, what, what do we think, think about? I think it's.
2: I don't know. Uh, I don't know who's in charge of the sports psychology department or that sort of thing. But I think you just need to read the player, right? You need to understand what drives Sam and what's gonna. You know, what's gonna keep him hungry? What's gonna put him in that spot where he's gonna.
3: I can't read and I can't write but that don't really matter because I come from Edmonton and I can drive a tractor. Hoo-ha! Hoo-ha!
1: Okay,
2: so what do we say? So just to put him in that spot where he's going to be able to, you know, develop and and as a person develop, right? Because we've got to develop good men as well as good soccer players, right?
1: Well, I, I think he has the will. I think I've seen him, like, the way he plays and everything. He has the will. All well, the seems reserve like. matches playing reserve, against men? Absolutely. Like, he went yeah. to Colorado. Yeah. He played two games in um in two, two days for the residency. And on Tuesday, he was playing 90 minutes against Colorado in that kind of in yeah. that format. So he's definitely got the will to play. He, he seems like You know, he. just to be...
2: And it, they won
1: the game too, all three games.
2: A bit corny, you know, is watching him at the UBC and the reserves here and then scooting over to watch the U16s and U18s and seeing him come over with that fire and that light that yeah. he had mm-hmm. played like that, right? And that's like something where you. You really think this guy's got something, right? This yeah. guy's got the potential to really be
3: something. And I think we talk about the sports psychology side stuff. Uh, that's what the Gaffer fancies himself at, and we could talk about whether he's been successful with in on in, in a case by case basis. But this is where we need him to read the situation in, in conjunction with Stewart and um, Forster and, and you know the guys who are making those decisions. But Declude, we, yeah, Jake, we we need him to read this well because I think. Uh, I I think with Russell somehow yeah I think they read it well. Yeah, he wasn't here for Phil. All he got to say was Phil. You know, we'd like to see you again. And, and Phil, I think, broken hearted by, you know that that year that I think just ruined him, said I need to move somewhere else. And and I don't think that Sam's in that place, obviously. But you do. Or we need to handle the yeah, situation absolutely. right.
0: Yeah. Now an- another guy that was just heard from there was Spencer du Bois and Spencer's going to go and play for SFU next year. Now Stephen, you've watched tons of the sfu games as have myself and steve how excited are you now that spencer is going to go and join that program
2: oh i love it i think that uh it'll he'll fit really in i think you know the caps have played more of a structured system and i think Allen at sfu is more freewheeling and gives them a bit more creativity and i think spencer's going to excel in that and i think uh I think he's going to do really well scoring lots I think, of points. I
1: think seeing SFU and watching Spencer on one side and Ryan Dillon on the other side oh, is yeah. going to be just, just yeah. like out of this world. It's going to be oh really yeah, Carlos stuff. in the middle. Yeah. It's,
2: you know, you throw Alex in Raleigh. Alex Raleigh in, in there, the winning balls and knocking
0: guys sideways. And yeah. De- definitely worth anyone listening to this, getting out and seeing some of the SFU games next year. They were so entertaining this season that's passed, and Went so close to win the championship, and I think with the ad- addition of Spencer and some of the other guys that they've added, it's a really strong team. And I, I really think they can go home and, and bring home the trophy this year.
3: Yeah, for all, and for all you groundhoppers out there, it's a it's a great little place to go watch a game. I think I went maybe two or three times this year, and like every game was like in a fog or yeah. a haze or a sometimes snow you got all four seasons in yeah. the one game, which was kind of fantastic. Yeah, it's, a, it's a beautiful little place to watch a match. And
1: but, beautiful girls as well. Oh yes, I'm I, married though, so, don't, <laughs> so I'm not looking. Oh, it's for the single guys.
0: I've got some nice pictures oh, if anyone wants to yeah. see as well. Just send us an email and we'll we'll let you see them.
1: All the well, it's a bit guys. of a side,
0: but just with the SFU, it's the
2: keeper. You know, I know Alan's out recruiting and I saw a couple of the guys that he's brought in from NCAA uh, Division 1 who had maybe suffered injuries and in coming back and that sort of thing, but they've lost their starting keeper and so that'll be the uh, big question, I guess. But I
0: predict an undefeated season. that would be excellent to see. Now, one last guy that we won't just mention is Marco Bustos. Now, Marco, we're running an interview on Thursday that we did with him. It's a really good interview. He's talking about his time away with the U17s and his passion for the game just comes through so much just talking to him. What's your opinion of Marco?
3: It's great to watch him play. Like he oh, yeah. he is he is the kind of uh, kind of gifted, uh, skilled, talented, creative player that you want to watch play. You you watch him and He has a he has a body shape sort of like of a of, a, of an Antonio Cassano or something. Like, he's he's incredibly strong on the ball, and you might look at him and be like, wow, you know, what's he going to be able to do with, you know, the, what he's been gifted with? Um, but he does a lot. And he, the, 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 the goals he's scored and the goals he's created that I've seen in the last uh, year, year and a half, two years or whatever, it just, like... He's just mind-boggling. Sometimes. And the thing
1: is, he's, the way he scores sometimes is so different. He'll yeah. he'll he'll go around mm-hmm. defenders. He'll he's good in tight positions with the ball, and he'll he'll score from distance with a rocket of a shot too. So he can yeah. he can score from a uh, variety keeper. of ways, yeah. chip the keeper and do a lot of things. So he he's actually the one guy I would say. Uh, made the biggest difference uh, in the seasons for the U16s and U18s when he hopped up. Because when he hopped up, the U16s (laughs) went downhill and the U18s actually started improving. I think he was a big factor in that.
2: I think for Marco's the thing I always find interesting is just the surprise that he gets the balls, right? You're there's mm-hmm. just balls that he has no business getting to, and the next thing you know, they're at, a, at his feet and something's happening. And the fact that he's, you know, when just saying his name, and I'm thinking he's got to be third, you know, with Brody and Sam, and it's like it's, it's like 2008, right? When you think of the 2008 PDL boys, and it's like these guys are right there with that, right? And,
1: and the thing is with Marco, the one story I can tell you about him is like his work rates improved so much. Mm-hmm. When we <clears throat> watched them the first time, in uh, it was at SFU Dalrymple was his coach Craig Dalrymple all you heard when he was on when Bustos was on Bustos get get going Bustos get going he just kept telling him because he was just kind of floating around and everything he does not float anymore he's always on the ball he's going after the ball he's fantastic Yeah. yeah
0: So as, as Steve revealed there, that's going to be the top five. You can find out what order they're in by checking AFTN on Friday and you'll see the order of them then. Now, we've talked a lot about the guys, the talent, the potential that we see. So just before we kind of close this segment of the podcast, let's cover the, the elephant in the room. It's all well and good us talking about these players. Are we ever going to see them playing for the Whitecaps in MLS what do we need to do to get them there? What do the, the Caps need to do to develop more Canadian talent that's actually playing in the first team? Okay, so
2: first off, I've got to say, there's four players who played PDL, White Caps, in the roster right now, right? So let's let's start with that on the table. So I think there's like this con- this perception, you know, not so much now, but for the first couple of years, Whitecaps White Caps hate Canada or whatever. We're, we've got four guys on the club who played PDL, and I'd say the top three right now, well, Brody probably won't end up in MLS unless he plays a year or two before he scoots off, right? But I think, yeah, I think we've got two or three players, you know, potential with the, the keepers as well. So you might even see up to four players at some point getting MLS minutes or at least contracts. I'm
1: going I, to I, I would say for, uh, for anywhere from three to four, but I, I, I say why not more, right? Uh, why not fill the whole squad with more Canadians? I, like you guys got the one guy that was low on the list last year was Ben McKendry. and look what he's done. It yeah. gone to New Mexico yeah. and he's just torn up uh, that that uh, division and that conference. So, it, it, you don't know who's gonna make it and who's not, and, and anybody's capable of way jumping up way up these rankings and and becoming a player. You don't you just don't know until it happens.
3: That's why I find, like choosing a number for me is kind of like kind of like crazy because. Um, you, oh, you, this is just for fun. Come on, Zach. Up. Well, up. No, chills. because the thing is, you need to see how they continue to develop. Like, yeah. like yes, So, sure. I mean, uh,
1: uh, names,
3: at, names we've already mentioned to, today, of, well, guys, for sure I thought would make the breakthrough that haven't, you know? Well, like um, I
1: said before, you weren't here at the time I was talking to Steve, and, and he, I said this is a snapshot yeah. of what we see right now. True. It's Good. no guarantee of anything. Anybody can go from for somebody that didn't make the list all the way to the best prospect or becoming the best player out of this group. Somebody who was I had in the top five could be out of soccer within five years. Oh yeah, that I could easy, I could easily
3: see half the list making it. Yeah, uh, so five. You're saying five? I could even see five, but but that's a <laughs> couple of them are obviously guys who I could also see not even playing here because they get poached. Yeah. So yeah yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. The thing we could with end me up is up with none. We could have four yeah. being
0: poached to Europe
2: and none here.
0: I, I just don't want to see them make the score. I want to actually see them play and that's the problem that we have with the white caps. We're adding guys, we're adding guys like Caleb and Bryce and Russell for the last two seasons and they're just not playing and we need to get these guys playing. If they're good enough, don't just play them for the sake of being Canadian but, but play them because they're good enough and I think what the Whitecaps really need just now is to get a local guy in the team playing regularly that just captures the whole city's imagination,
3: and that would do Morgan wonders. Haber's so Haber's y- oh, don't, don't
0: start me on Marcus
3: Haber. <laughs> so you're... You want to talk about Terry Dunfield again? No. Well, Russell is local to where I grew up, so I feel like it's... Yeah,
1: there it's you know, yeah. I I'm
2: still Ken- waiting for... Uh, Axel Schoberg. <laughs>
3: Thunder Bay. I just Hill. think
2: these local GA guys... this year. GA... Our left back, our center back next year. Four think, goals in the PDL center back. You heard it here eight first. Eight games. Oh, well,
0: Bobby He got three tonight, so we should be pushing for him as well. Sorry, go
1: I, th- ahead. I think these guys just need to be broken down. Rennie needs to break them down, all of them, in order for for them to actually become players.
3: Uh, so you're saying that you're saying in the in the way he did with Russell, yeah, sort of.
1: I'm saying that's i I'd agree with that. You're way, with Bryce, okay.
3: I would agree with that, honestly, with Bryce. No, but Bryce. I mean, Bryce. One of the I don't. I don't know how much Bryce needs to be broken down mentally. I feel I feel the unfortunate thing is he's been broken down physically from playing so many games on turf growing yeah. up.
0: I also don't think Bryce should have got the contract ahead of Ben Fisk. I, I just think that was the wrong decision
3: anyway. But that that's for another day. But yeah. But okay, but who made that wasn't that wasn't Martin who made that decision, was it? That was I year think so. one. I no, that mean, was year no, one.
1: No no no, that was year two when Martin came in. Martin was one of the first residency players he really fell in love with was Bryce Alderson yeah. well Bryce remember is he, really had him like into, cool, right? he had cool right Bryce a, gets the ball on his feet he's so calm he had him in the 18 against uh, Montreal and he looked good in, in Florida
2: and I, when I went and saw but us the in the Disney Cup is also is they didn't see like with Ben we got to see him Go yeah. 16, 17, 18, and went yeah. jump, jump, jump. Like, yeah, like Spencer, Spencer Du Bois strides. to a ball, Yeah, is, exactly. like, similar to him. Yeah. yeah, but Ben, it was like, whoa, look at the, you know, it yeah. was the first year at 16 and going, if only he'd play those forward balls to someone. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then at 17, it was like, beautiful forward balls. Right. So all those things he he picked up with each age. That was great. So, yeah. To see.
3: I, ben, I mean, Ben, when you talk to the, when you talk to His
2: the balls,
1: the, got better every and year And then. <laughs>
2: And then when you look at him in MLS camp this year, and I was freaking feeling his biceps, like, you know, it's like he's working like a dog, right?
3: Because that's been, I think, the feedback from some of the first team players is Ben is extremely talented. He needs to become stronger on the ball. He's got the skills. He needs to be able to. Right. So that's what I'm saying is that now, okay, so you can't play a ball
2: forward. Okay, now you can play a ball forward. You can't, you know, pass. You can't cross from the wings. Okay, now you can cross from the wings. You're not strong enough on the ball. Okay, now you're strong enough on the ball, right? Everything that's been a and so, issue. And
3: so, okay, part of this is, is a squad makeup and contract stuff, right? Because uh, same, with, same way with Caleb Porter. Uh, I mean, uh, if Ben was willing to come in at a, at a cheap rate, he would be here. He would be on the MLS squad, I believe. And I think that was the same with Kyle Porter. Or they Daniel. Said, yeah, uh, yeah, probably, yeah. Probably with Daniel. So it has to do with that overall big picture and how you fit players into a salary cap thing. And, and once yeah. you do that... Once you do that, Michael, then maybe you get the chance to make the breakthrough because you're outperforming. True. I mean, a
0: lot of it is to do with MLS, but other teams just seem to be... They've had academies and residencies for less time than the Whitecaps have, but they're promoting them faster than we are into the team, and these guys are getting minutes. The final thing I'll just say in Ben Fisk is... I had a chat with Ben after the New England game on Saturday, and he's just so gutted with the injury that he's Mm -hmm. got just now. He was doing so well out in Charleston, and... He, he hopes to be back playing before the end of the season, but he, he's just, just gutted about it. So really want to wish him well and, and hope that things go well and we see him on the MLS team next year.
3: We love you, Ben 10.
0: Okay, Zach, we'll give you the final word on the on the
3: 16s and 18s. I think you guys have probably talked about this uh, over the, the course of the year and on the West Coast podcast, but uh, for me, one of the things I'm uh, extremely grateful for is our U16 and U18 program? You know the MLS stops in uh, November, or maybe one day we'll be lucky and it'll go to December. But it was it was it was great this last year in December, and I think in January, but definitely in February and and some of those March games to be able to go, get out and support our club, support the youth of our club. Uh, it's great for uh, speaking for myself selfishly or our, our our movement selfishly for Curva Collective. It's it's the greatest place to go. And to work on how we support the club it's a, it's a great place to try new things in terms of songs or a choreography that goes with songs or, or you know however you want to word that and i'm so appreciative of that um so many positive things we've tried out there that have appeared at bc place for us and it just and the quality of play has been higher than i thought it would be and i'm, I'm just thankful that we have this uh, uh throughout the lower of these games throughout the lower
1: mainland to be <laughs> what? You can edit that out afterwards.
0: Sorry, uh, Steve's just had a stroke. So <laughs> this Latin. yeah, this <laughs> i actor scarf. Yeah. Like, oh All
1: right. Okay. <laughs> it's definitely
0: been good, and as as we keep encouraging people, get out and see these games. Get out and see the PDL games. It's the it's the future. You're you're watching the team grow. Whitecaps under 23s are playing Victoria. Get out and watch that. So that's all for the residency for this podcast. Let's just finished by taking a look back at MLS stuff and we beat New England we beat Shavis 6 points out of 6 coming up now two vital road games away to DC and then they're on the train to Kansas City
1: In the train.
0: the Whitecaps picked up six points from the back-to-back home games puts them back into fourth spot in the the west back in the playoff places just a general question to everyone before we wrap up what do we need to do to stay there and what are you expecting from the the two games on the road do you think we're going to turn our road form around are we going to play on the road the way that we're playing at home well
2: I think with the front line you can't you can't really stop them so we're going to play that way because they're just going to be hungry and they're going to go at it. I think even the coach uh, tried to tell them to drop back or hold back or anything like that. I don't think it's possible right now. Personally, I think we're going to get four points on the road, which is uh, maybe a bit brash, but uh, that's how I feel right now, the way they're playing. And I think even if they bleed
0: goals, we're going to outscore DCU and we're going to get a draw in Kansas City optimistic stuff there I, I'm not sure is Russell going to be with us for Kansas or will he be no, with us
2: he'll, he'll, he'll be goal away goal. But okay, then they'll so be also. we will not get in the draw in Kansas City then. well the, they'll be also <laughs> Kansas City will also be
1: missing some players possibly for the Gold Cup as he, well yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is, is Russell he, like
3: confirmed like is that <laughs> that's not confirmed <laughs> he's right? not confirmed but when, when oh, I spoke to him yeah. when I spoke yeah. to him yeah. the other day he, but he Colin Miller has
1: to have a brain injury in order not to sign him up for a Gold Cup at this point
0: so, Zach, what are you hoping to get from these games? Do you think we're going to show the same kind of form we've shown at home? What are you, What are you hoping for?
3: I think uh, winning in DC is a must. It's a terrible ground for football. Um, I was just there for the Germany USA match, and it's just, yeah, shockingly poor. But I, when it's full, when it's full, it's not bad. But um, it's 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 a terrible place. Uh, we need to win that match. It doesn't doesn't matter what happens for me. I'm excited to potentially see Alain get a run at maybe Greg. I think that could be an interesting matchup <laughs> If Alain's playing left back I know he's played some D-min Do you not like Greg? No, I, I love them both um, But it would be interesting to see If Alain is, is playing Rolling left back mid. for them I don't think so you think he's hold... Okay, yeah. let's just say he's going to be left back uh, I think a matchup I think watching Alain and his I think when you when you go from a cl- from one club to another, the way he did with the frustration he did, which I think we can all either accept or agree with or whatever. But yeah, but it was I, right to let him go. We, we all agree with that. <laughs> I think Do we think Atlanta. He's, he's dude, gonna
2: score the brace. He should have scored in yeah. Montreal. He'll <laughs> score five. My, well, that's the
3: thing. I think he's gonna be fired up. So I okay, think I think watching so watching him is gonna be interesting. Whether he's at left back and he's running at Greg, or he's there in the middle and he's up against Nigel, or he's or in the middle John, and he or,
1: slides, happens to slide over to the right-hand side and goes up against a certain left-back that replaced him. No, that's not going to happen. That's not Atlanta. That's not Atlanta. <laughs> Oh, he might just accidentally no, slide. He no, might no, get forced no, no, on no, that way. He no. might
0: accidentally slice the ball
3: into the, the home dugout or the away dugout. I could see that more happening, but no, he won't do it. is cla- a classy yeah, he's, guy. He's a classy guy. and it, it, I, I do think
0: it was the right move to let him go, but I don't think it was the right timing for it. And... It's one of those moves that you just have a feeling it's going to come back to haunt us. Okay, It so did
1: already haunt us uh, against Seattle. Yeah.
3: I've, I've heard you say that many times. Good move, wrong time. Why do you think it was the right move? I just don't think he was playing well. I don't think we we're going to get enough out of
0: him. I think he had lost confidence, and I think Martin Rennie had lost confidence in him. And when that happens, it's really hard for, for both to get that confidence back. He had basically said in Whitecaps Daily that he wasn't going to play... Mm-hmm. those two fullbacks on the road and as soon as you come out and make that statement mm-hmm. you're you're starting to think well, all it takes then is for the fullbacks that come in to do a good job and as soon as Jordan Harvey scored against New York, I actually made the comment it's going to really be hard to drop him now when, when we're back home if he keeps playing like that and of course now Jordan's done really well attacking wise, maybe not defensively words, yeah. but that, that's the danger when you start rotating the squad the guys that come in can do really well Now if we had a midfield Just now for example That was really yeah. gelling And doing well Would Gersh get back In the team He will because The midfield just now Is really poor But you've also got The case of like Up front The front three Are electric just now And Darren Mattox Can't get back in the team Obviously I want to See him
3: traded But that's for another
0: All the podcast other podcasts That we've talked about
3: Yeah I, I, I And I said this I think sort of Before when we talked About this on another episode But to me I think it I hear what you're saying and i I think everything you're saying is valid. I still think though that alain Rochat is such a class professional footballer that he can write out the uh, uh, I won't I'm not going to call it poor form but form that was not maybe his best
1: up to his standards Whoa. yeah and and
3: I think and I think he can regain uh the confidence of of the coach and I think our coach is very much open to that and I think he's shown that in the past and I think that, although I, I, I would say I, I thought it was hard to, to see Alain here after this year, or definitely, uh, I, de- I, I knew Alain, I, I think there's no way for Alain to sign another MLS contract unless he wants to take a massive pay cut, um, so I, whether or not uh, the club would have renewed his option at the end of this year, uh, I think was the only way he would have been here for a, four, for a fourth year. He's going to so,
1: sign with Montreal. But
3: but I could see that potentially. So I see what, him more
1: going to back to Switzerland. I,
3: I think that's think primary. So. I think
2: yeah. he's, he's, he showed that interest two years ago to come here to be in Canada to be Canadian. He's got all lots of family in Quebec.
3: I can see him settling in uh, Canada. I, I could too, and, you, and like he's take, he's taken trips there, you know, in his free time to yeah. go visit his family and to bring some of his family there, and uh, they were really looking forward to the trip in September to go and be there together with family and stuff, but with their with their new child and all that kind of stuff. But well, back, the good back, thing back, is he's it, going to DC; they, they'll get to DC, play them yeah. three times now in a season. Yeah. But, but back to your back to your original question, Michael. That's what I'm excited. I'm excited to see how how Atlanta responds, and I'm excited to see how our players, wherever yeah. he is on the field take him on it should be interesting so Steve just before we wrap up what's your thoughts on the the
0: DC and KC games
1: Um, I see them uh, splitting it basically I think they get three points in DC and I think they probably will end up with a loss especially being a a midweek game I think there will be some players rested uh, with the Seattle game coming up after that which will be a big one
0: I I agree I I think we're going to see three points from it and I'd take that because the way we were playing away from home at the start of the season I just didn't know where our next away win was coming from. But the, the team's playing with so much confidence just now. You're playing a team that's low in confidence. It's one of the games that if the if the White Caps want to make the playoffs, but not just make the playoffs, but actually have an impact in the playoffs, they have to win games like against DC.
1: And I, th- I think, and this is just my opinion, but I think Lee will start against DC United. Um, I see them putting Klazura in against Kansas City. I don't think Greg will play both games at right back I, I think he's uh, more
0: likely to play DC
1: No, the reason why I'm saying DC is because it's uh, it's a week before Seattle games So we will have a full week's rest yeah, um, and, uh, and it's more the must win, and the more the must win because you can afford to lose True. to Kansas City. True. So it's basically
3: I would never use the language you can afford to lose I to. Know, but. You can <laughs> but if
1: you could pick up the DC win, then you know it, it makes it less uh, pressure on the getting points in Kansas City. No one's going to be once.
2: firing Rennie for losing to Kansas City. Are you no sure? Way. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, I, I, th- I think it's RC job tweeters, safe,
0: name. but yeah, the end of the season. So thanks everyone for listening. It's been a little bit of a different podcast. I know we've we've been very heavily residency focused, but it's residency week on AFTN. Thanks, my guests, for joining us. Tonight we were joined by Zachary Meisenheimer from Curva Collective. Zach, do you want to tell us where we can find you online?
3: You can find me at ZacharyAM on Twitter or uh, at, at Curva Collective on Twitter and just uh, search Curva Collective on uh, in Facebook land as well.
0: Our first time guest tonight was Stephen LaMoth. Long-time fan, Southsider, Cover Collective member, passionate about the residency in the SFU, where can we find you online? Uh, At
2: Slamo with uh, three
0: S's. (laughs) S-S-S-L-A-M-O. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host Steve Pander. Steve, tell us where we can find you.
1: At Wake Up Speed.
0: And I'm Michael McCall, and you can find me online at (laughs) houseofnaughtyschoolgirls.com. On Twitter, at AFTNCanada. You can read all our stuff on AFTN online at Canadian Soccer News by going to AFTN.ca and if you want to email us about anything send us an email at AFTNCanada at Hotmail.com So before we go I just want to shout out to the Old Wells to do our theme song, I always forget to mention them now that they've done the theme song for us so hope you enjoy that and you can hear that now Quality. And till next time take care.